what's happened. Got a shower and my nose fell out. Let's have a look. I was booing myself. <laughs> <laughs> Poo was coming out of every hole in my body, <laughs> like liquid. Well, three times well, it's totally clean. This course is running, I'm on my way. So I kicked cancer's ass in the last three weeks. I barely knocked it over. Hi, I'm Becky. Thanks for tuning in and listening to After, a podcast about looking, learning and living life after. You join me for episode four today, where we'll be discussing the origins of the vomit tree. Christmas time can be such a hard time for many people for lots of different reasons. And, you know, I make no secrets that I find the season really difficult. And I always have done. But with grief added on top of that and dealing with children's grief at the same time, on top of that general fed up down feeling I get, I've obviously found it much harder. This year is our third Christmas without Chris. And each year, including this one up to now, it's been completely different emotionally. I think I said in the last episode, the first year after Chris died, it was only two months, two months after Chris died. I actually coped quite well. It was under really different circumstances, though. I was still off work on bereavement and sick leave. I had much more time on my hands to be able to be really organised. I'm not that organised when it comes to Christmas. It also gave me the opportunity to keep busy, um, spend time with people, go for little lunches, go shopping without the stress and gave me the chance to be by myself as well and to be kind to myself. I was able to take some time out during the day to just rest, to just be by myself without the pressure of having to do anything if I didn't want to do anything, which I found that I really needed in the early days. There was a real balance early on about keeping myself busy and giving myself time to rest. I do still need this balance, but it's not often now that I get any any time to myself really at the moment. I also wanted that first year, well every year, but that year particularly, so that Christmas was amazing for Lily and Sam. I wanted them to still believe in the magic and wonder, which I just felt like it could be so easily shattered, not just for my two, but for any children that have experienced a loss or this sort of trauma, because it makes them grow up too quick because they've experienced something that many adults have experienced yet or begun to understand or be able to understand. The only thing I remember being really hard from that first Christmas is opening Christmas cards addressed to just me, Lily and Sam. I think because none of it felt really real yet and because I didn't want people to think of us just being a three. In my mind, we were still this family of four, not we weren't a family of three. And to not see Chris's name written in cards was just really hard. I didn't want to see it written down in black and white. I I couldn't work out at first what was wrong, why I, I refused to put quite a few of them up. I was like, no, I'm not putting them up. But then I was like, no, that's understandable. It's the first Christmas. But then I remember getting a card from a friend and she'd addressed it to the Cowleys and it made me cry. And like I said in the last episode, I'm not a big crier, um, but I just thought it was so thoughtful and I really appreciated the way it had been addressed. Um, So the Cowleys, which encapsulated all four of us still. The second year, the last year, was very different for me. Um, I'm, I'm, at some point, I'll stop bleating on about how difficult it was. I really struggled with everything. It had not long been Chris's first anniversary, which had taken up so much of my energy and pull it togetherness. I'm not sure if that's a word, but that's how I'm going to describe it. 
And over the half term, so the October half term, we'd been over to Cyprus um, for a week's holiday um, where I visited my granddad's grave for the first time. My granddad actually passed away in Cyprus, um, which I will talk about in a future episode about what happened there. The dark and the cold were just exaggerated by the time we got back. And that did not help because I always struggle with the dark and cold. And I was just miserable. I couldn't even face putting up my Christmas tree. And my Christmas tree is a thing of um, beauty. It takes a while to put up and I just couldn't even face having it out the loft. I hardly put any decorations up either. I did let um, the kids do the vomit tree still though because I wanted to make it special for them. And I knew I had to make it as normal as possible even if I wasn't feeling it. I still wanted to maintain that magic, that wonder the excitement of Christmas. So although it wasn't a normal decoration Christmas, I was trying my best, I did try my best to keep it as normal as possible for them too. I just wasn't feeling it though. I didn't want to see anyone. I couldn't be bothered. I just didn't want to try and put a brave face on it. I was fed up of pretending I wasn't miserable. Christmas Day itself throws its own emotions that you have to try and navigate. There's no one to share in the excitement with the kids opening presents. No one to help with like the opening of boxes and putting batteries in things or even sticking the kettle on so you can have a much needed brew. There's not that extra help. And it's in those quiet moments in the mornings I found after the initial chaos of waking up and opening presents where the kids are like messing with the bits that they've got that I felt in really missing and it made my heart hurt a bit. As a spotlight is shone on the shittiness of the whole situation in those quiet moments I think that'll be the same this year, I'm, but I'm prepared for it a bit more now. And I know myself I can take a little more time in the day to let the enormity of it all sink in. And I know that it's okay. I, I miss him all the time and it's okay to miss him extra on those moments where you know he's missing from those family moments. It's okay to miss him, but to try not let that take a shine off the day and we'll just keep going with the day. We've had the same routine for Christmas for many years. We wake up. We see what Santa's good downstairs, see what Santa has brought. Um, then we get ready mid-morning. We go to visit Chris's mum's. At 12, we nip to our local pub for a drink and meet our friends for an hour or so. Before Chris's diagnosis, we used, we used to have dinner at home. There was me, me, Chris and Lily, and then obviously Sam. Chris used to do all the cooking. And then after our dinner, we'd have a rest for a bit. And then we'd go to my mum and, mum and dad's in the early evening. Since Chris was diagnosed, we've gone to my mum and dad's for dinner. There's not a chance of me cooking. I just couldn't do it. Well, I probably could at a push, but I just, I don't want to. And it just wouldn't be as good as my mum and dad's. I've kept the same routine in the last two years since Chris died too. It, I felt it was quite important to keep these sort of routines the same and to try and not change it up too much so everything was different for Lily and Sam. Lily likes the routine. She likes the repetition. And I know she likes doing the things that we used to do when Chris was here, when her dad was alive. I mean, she's already asking this year if we can go to the pub um, at 12. <laughs> she's definitely a creature of habit. So the routine is very similar, still the same. Um, there's not much changed in that. Um, oh, I want to tell you about the vomit tree. I'm, I know I've mentioned it a couple of times, uh, and I think it needs explaining what the vomit tree actually is. Before Chris died, we already started talking about Christmas. Chris had decided before he got poorly... Well, he was, uh, that's for another episode, but he spent a little time in hospital before he died. He decided he wasn't going to have any more treatment because he'd had this reaction to some treatment he'd been on. Um, and I do want to talk about that in a bit more detail, but I think it needs to be an episode all of its own. So it's for another time. Anyway, because of that decision, we were under no illusion 
that that year would be his final Christmas. We really, really thought that he'd get to the new year, that he'd get through Christmas and he'd get into the new year. But because of this decision, we started talking about Christmas really early on for us because we don't, we didn't even think about it until the end of November. We were very aware that if this was going to be his last Christmas, we needed to make it the most amazing, magical Christmas for the kids and for Chris. And for Chris, yeah, and for Chris as well, because we were hoping that that would have been his last Christmas. One of the things we talked about was the Christmas tree. I probably need to out myself here as one of those people who is very particular about the, the Christmas trees. It's I'm not proud of it, but it's just something that I am. It's themed red and gold. I don't and have never allowed the kids to much as breathe near a bauble. And it takes me hours to put up, which I think was why I was, was so reluctant to do it last year. I spent a fortune a few years ago on a pre-lit artificial tree from Bent's Garden Centre. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Bent's is a very nice, often expensive garden centre that has the most amazing Christmas decorations and displays. It's actually a day out. It's classed as a destination if you go to it. And I had managed to persuade Chris to let me spend a bit of our money to let me get um, one of these pre-lit, big pre-lit Christmas trees as, as an investment. That's how I uh, worded it to him. Chris, though, had been brought up with his parents getting a real tree each year. So he always wanted a real tree. And I always was like, no, we've got this artificial one. We don't need a real tree. Uh, he also likes all the, I'm going to say tacky, but I, I mean it in the nicest possible way. He, he likes all the like colourful, bright, shiny, flashing Christmas decorations. So we were quite different in that. Um, he liked my tree, but <laughs> he'd have much preferred um, a bit more colour on it. So we decided that we would get a real tree that year and I'd go out and buy some colourful decorations and different shapes of ornaments and toys for the tree that the kids could decorate. Decorations that would never appear on my Christmas tree. I called it the vomit tree because I said it would look like Christmas had vomited all over it. And I started calling it that as soon as we started talking about getting this tree. As we know, unfortunately, Chris didn't make it to Christmas. We were still a shock two months before we really really thought he was going to be able to get there but I decided to still let the kids have this vomit tree so I picked up uh, lots of decorations that I knew the kids would have loved a dinosaur with a Santa hat on polar bears Harry Potter baubles I even found some of those old school like uh, they're all like foily paper I, I don't really if you were in the 80s grew up in the 80s you'd know what I mean I remember having them on our tree when I was a child and I picked them up in the local charity shop. Then I dug out all the decorations that the kids have ever made um, at school that normally just got put in a box or like nowhere near my tree, but they could go on this vomit tree. We also have decorations with photos in of Chris and other family members. And there's some of us all together as well. I let Lily and Sam pick the tree and I let them decorate it without getting involved at all. The only thing that I helped with is the lights, advising them not to just put them in one place. And they needed a bit of hand with that. Should try and not get Sam to stick all the baubles on one branch, which is what he has a tendency to do, or on one side, so the bloody thing didn't tip up. And when they finished it on that first Christmas, it did look like Christmas had thrown up on it. So the name is kind of stuck. So when I talk about the vomit tree with the kids, they know exactly what I'm talking about. They know it's their tree, a real tree that they pick, a real tree that they decorate. That was the only tree that went up last year, and we're going to go and get one again this year. So it's become this kind of new tradition. 
this new tradition since Chris died, but it's kind of like a it's like a way of remembering him, remembering Daddy at Christmas time because this is the tree that he would have he'd have loved it watching the kids put it up and not a gold feather in sight, which he used to take the Mickey out of me for putting on my tree. Yeah, so that's how the vomit tree came about. I know I kept mentioning it, so I just wanted to explain what it was. It's like our little Christmas memorial. Well, it's not a memorial. That sounds a bit extreme. It's our little Christmas nod to Chris and uh, all the things that he'd have loved about the, the festive period. It's not easy to grieve at this time of year. Like I said a little earlier, a massive spotlight is show, shone on the difference between your little household and everyone else's. And it can become quite hard, but when you've got kids, you've got to, you can't let your grief get in the way of it. It's got to work alongside it. There is still magic in the world. There is still wonder in the world. And although they've experienced this heartbreaking loss, I still want them to be happy about these sort of experiences. So that's my aim for Christmas. And that's what I hope will happen this Christmas as well. But whatever your situation is, if you're not looking forward to the day or if you're approaching it with with dread or you're really just not looking forward to it, please know that you're not alone in that feeling. Um, I know sometimes it can be quite isolating when you're by yourself and everyone else seems to be having fun and having a good time. I'd just say that if you are feeling like that, um, it's okay. It's okay not to like Christmas. It's not for everyone. But try not to put too much pressure on yourself and to just be kind to yourself. Make being kind to yourself the gift that you give yourself, basically. That didn't come out very well, but yeah, just be kind to yourself. And if you know someone that might be struggling, a quick text message, a phone call or anything like that, just to even wish Merry Christmas so that that person doesn't feel so isolated or so alone. For me, I miss Chris every day and he's missing from us every day. And although there is those quiet moments where it's an obvious missing, he's missing from us, he's missing out on so much and we wish he was here, it's no different to any other day really. So I try not to put too much pressure on myself with the other external things that are going on. You can feel like not celebrating and just feeling like you're going along with it. And it it does hurt, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt, it's just the way of how you cope with things or how I cope with things, not they or you. And it was quite sad that first year to write a list of presents that I needed to buy for. And there was three people who were no longer buying Christmas presents for. And Chris is being a big one. I mean, it saved me money. (laughs) But, you know, it was just hard. And knowing that there's no present under the tree for me. And it's not about a material thing. And sometimes Chris was really not good at picking presents out. I mean, one year he actually bought me a glue gun, which will go down in history is one of the worst Christmas presents I've ever received. But just try and not let the joy get taken from the day and from the period, because I know I'm going to get through it. And I know that even though I might not be loving the whole festive period, I will be smiling as well, because I think it's you can still enjoy it. You can still have a good time just because you're missing someone so much and you know that they should be there and it hurts that they're not there. It hurts your heart they're not there. There is joyful moments within that, and that's something that I always try and instill in the kids, to look for the joyful moments within the sadness. And I think sometimes it can be harder, because you think back to all the Christmases that they were around, and know how much they would love being around the kids, especially Chris. I know how much he'd love being around the kids at Christmas, and try and making it special for them, and yeah, that that those bits are always really hard. But you try to move forward with the memories, keeping those memories safe 
tucked away, rem even remembering them on the day and creating new memories, which is something as we go along in these episodes that that runs through everything that I try and do. We keep memories of Christmas with us and Christmases with Chris and the kids have Christmases with Daddy and I'll talk to them about things that Dad used to do and the time he went out and got drunk on <laughs> on Christmas Eve and had bought me a pair of trainers and came back and literally used a whole roll of wrapping paper to crack on my, uh, my trainers <laughs> in the morning. Couldn't remember doing it. Oh, that was before kids. That was way before kids. But those are the sort of stories I'm going to tell my two and hopefully they'll have their own memories. And there's nothing wrong with creating new memories and creating new traditions. And I know Chris would have been so mad at me last year for not putting the Christmas tree up. He would have, he would have, I, just thinking about it even made me a little like, oh God, he'd, he'd be not very happy with me here. He'd be disappointed. And I think he would have been disappointed that I didn't put the Christmas tree up because he wouldn't have wanted us to not enjoy the festive period. He would have hated it to be tarnished for us, even though it can't not be tarnished for us. And we can't not miss him. And we can't not feel like he's missing from us. He would want us to have a happy time and have a laugh and spend time with friends and family. He would love that. That was that was something that he absolutely loved doing. Another thing I'd say is if you do know someone else who is grieving um, or have lost, who has lost someone, don't avoid saying the name. I've seen some quotes and things on social media, but it's so true. Christmas is hard enough without thinking that other people have forgotten the person that you love or have forgotten this person in your life. So don't be afraid to say the name. Those people miss them all the time. You saying the name actually makes them a bit happier because it's a happy memory. Well, that's only a quick one. Um, I think that's all I want to say at the moment. So I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for listening. I do hope you join me again for the next episode. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Beeks, which is at B-E-E-C-K-Z. Again, if you've got any comments about this episode or any questions, I'd love to hear from you. Or if there's something you want me to talk about or a subject you'd like me to cover or discuss, please do get in touch. I also have a blog, which is Diary of a Fat Bottom Girl. Just want to thank bensound.com for the use of any music you've heard in this episode. Again, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me again next time. See you then.